0: MyPatriotSupply.com
1: This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live, a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists and ultimately the music we hear. I'm your host Sophia Lopercaro and this month's guest is Equinox. Equinox are a collective based in Kingston, Jamaica. They are comprised of Gavborg, Shanique Marie, Time Cow, Chemical, and Bobby Blackbird. Over the last decade or so they have woven through genre after genre they first cut their teeth as dance hall producers and later folded their wide range of influences into their music. I have Gav, Shanique, and Nick, aka Bobby Blackbird, here to discuss their 2019 album Eternal Children and the history that brought all five members together as a united project. Talking directly about Eternal Children, your most recent album, now Equinox has evolved a lot over the years. And the sound has evolved a lot over the years, but I think if any of your albums is the most kind of genre-defying and stretched out, it's got to be Eternal Children. So, what made you want to experiment so much more with this album?
2: Well, the thing is, Sophia, like, we've, as you say, you know, we've evolved, I guess you can say, so much over the years. Um And a lot of that is because, you know, it's changed the, the dynamic of, of what people know as Equinox has changed so much, right? So uh, when Gavin and I started in like, you know, early 2000, like 2005, 2006, 2007, you know, it was us and we were producers and we were just, you know, mostly doing dance hall, you know, juggling and um, singles. I mean, it was, we were still doing a little bit of weird things genre-wise, but um, primarily, you know, our biggest known things were, were dance halls. And then, you know, Jordan joined the group, Sanique joined the group. We did things, you know, with different combinations of people, but also, Primarily, you know, we'd never done anything as an entire ensemble, so to speak. We hadn't done a project as with every single person, including. So you know, the only deliberate um, decision was that you know we, we should really do something that involves everybody, like you know. From a creative standpoint and so that's what we did you know we didn't sit down and say all right you know we we really need to do something different um because this is what we've been doing for the last how many years or you know we didn't say oh man we we really kind of just want to catch everybody by what we really wanted to do was sit down and work on a project together and so that's that's that was the main aim there and then you know that's what came out
1: Okay, yeah, because this is the first album that it's all, all five of you, right? Because the first one, it was just you, Nick, and Gav, right? Or the first two.
2: That is, you know, that's another one of those examples of different combinations of different people in the group. So those two those two albums are Jordan, who's Time Co., and Gavin um, combining, you know, with the instrumental projects. So even though Gavin and I were doing juggling before, the two albums that most people, you know, Uh, well, not most, but a lot of people, you know, became introduced to Equinox through are actually from Gavin and Jordan.
3: And specifically in a different space, because a lot of the work that Gavin and Nick did together in the previous years um, was what really put Equinox out there initially. So um, in terms of the dance hall, the raw dance hall space, um, Equinox had gotten a name Because of the works and the juggling that Gavin and Nick had done in those times
1: Okay, yeah, I think, so I had actually read about this But I think that maybe I slightly misread the article Because I knew that Gav and Jordan had been doing stuff together But Nick, for some reason, I don't know if it's the way I read the article If there was a mistake in it I thought that it was Jordan and Gav at the start I didn't realize it was you, so sorry about that I think, yeah, I just might have read something wrong
2: no, it, it it happens more often than you think. I have a very convoluted uh, history. So
3: it really started out with Gavin and um, Gavin and Nick. It so Equinox is, is Gavin's brainchild. Um, and and then the early projects were Gavin and Nick, and then I came into. Well, it started out with Gavin and Nick and a young man by the name of. Joe. Little Joe. And he little Joe. He um, you know, God bless his soul, he's no longer with us. Oh. Um, but um that was the the dream team.
1: And how does it feel now, you know, being the five of you and really having this like solid large group project?
4: Um, yeah, it's a good feeling, you know, it's stuff that we've worked long and hard towards. But still in a very natural organic way, that's um, you know that's why the, the the project has moved in the direction that it has. Maybe under more normal circumstances, this album would have happened first, and then people would have branched off to specific things after. But um, in our case, we, we did some branching off before we 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 officially got together um, on record, um, and it's a good feeling, you know, because we we meet each other with a from a position of growth and experience and. Yeah, it's quite easy and it's a good vibes.
1: Yeah, I actually kind of like that. It's like you guys got to each find your individual identities first and then come together rather than, you know, like I'm thinking of like the Internet, for example, who I don't know their history perfectly. But, you know, I listened to each of their solo projects and they seem to, I guess, come after rather than before.
2: I actually didn't know that they had the individual
1: Oh, yeah, like, Matt Martians has an amazing album called The Drum Chord Theory, which, by the way, I think you guys would really, really like, so you should check it out. Because they also have really, like, wonky production and all kinds of, like, really trippy, vibey stuff. So there's a word that I've heard you guys mention a lot, both here and in other interviews. Like, I was watching you guys' Red Bull talk a little while ago, and you talk about things happening organically. Like, is planning ever something that part of your process or is it really like let's just come together and feel this out and see what see what happens
3: but also I mean there is some amount of planning but I feel like a lot of it we've been we've been very fortunate as a lot of things tend to fall into place very naturally um so uh we'll we'll have an idea or we'll have a concept and We'll throw it out there. We'll discuss it. You know, it's never easy trying to organize things with several human beings (laughs) Um, in terms of personality and and availability and stuff like that. it, it, It can be very technical, but so far things have been so natural for us. I guess that's why we keep using the term organic. Things have been so natural for us that we... We plan things, and then things just fall into place. i don 't know if the guys agree, but i think <laughs> I think that's kind of how I see it in terms of how things have been executed for
2: us. I think about it in two very different ways. I think we could use more planning um, <laughs> musically i don 't think we plan musically you know we have loose concepts that we, you know depending on who is pulling in one direction or the other, um, you know, one person might have a more clear idea about what they want to do. Um, But for a lot of, you know, eternal children, for example, um, you know, it's really just a matter of one person going, hey, I have an idea, like, do something on this or do something with this. Um, Let me hear what you, how you interpret this and, you know, we kind of just do a little bit of patchwork in terms of piecing together everybody's ideas into one song. You know, usually with with each project there's somebody who is more um, has a vision that that everybody is working with. And then in some, you know, we're all over the place. No, as far as organizationally like, you know, the after the music um you know, we try to, you know, we do try to plan um a lot more things, but To be, to be honest, like a lot of it is serendipity. We we could definitely use some more planning where where that's concerned. But musically, I don't think we plan that much. You know, we kind of just decide that okay, all right, we're gonna do something. Like that's that's the plan. That's the beginning of the plan, and then we'll see what happens from there afterwards.
1: Okay. And I mean, I could totally hear that because, like, each song just really feels like it's just about the texture and about the vibe, and, and that is, like, a very good thing, I promise. The one song that I find stands out a little bit, and I'm kind of curious about the story behind that, is Brooklyn. And I think the reason that it stands out for me is that um I was in New York City the same time that you guys were back in December, and I remember walking around Brooklyn a lot and, you know, finding it very, like... I don't know, not the most friendly place and just very industrial and kind of cold and lonely. And whenever I listen to Brooklyn, it really has that feeling for me like that, just that refrain, ain't no shook hands in Brooklyn. Was there any type of planning with that song? I'm just curious.
2: Uh, So I guess Gavin, I will answer that one, but I I want to hear what Gavin says first because, all right, yeah, let me not jump the gun. I've been talking a lot. Gavin, I want to hear what you said first
4: yeah so brooklyn um i I was in brooklyn for this is maybe the longest i've been there maybe for one one month thereabouts in in twenty seventeen and um just on the lower side of astrand avenue and like every everything that is in the song kinda resonates or not kinda it 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 resonates to to whole to how I felt in that time. You know, um, when we released the song, a lot of people that I know personally that live in other parts of Brooklyn were, like, saying, oh, that's not true, you know, Brooklyn is so like, you know, it's kind of like everybody kind of, like, multicultural and everybody's kind of cool with each other and all of that, and, you know, that might be true to some parts, but, you know, in other parts of Brooklyn where, where I was, you know, that definitely wasn't the case, you know, and I found out that by, by just being my by just be myself, I like to walk about a lot. Um, when I'm in some cities. And um you know I would just go sit in a barbershop, let's say, and I would just have a trim, you know, and people kinda of look at me funny. Um, and I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe I'm just a new kid on the block, but you know, little do I know that it's kinda of weird for a Jamaican do to, tri- to to get a trim in a Trinidadian barbershop or a uh, Dominican barbershop you know and, and I, I didn't really I didn't really know that until like I go home and I talk to my auntie and I'm like hey you know went to the barber today and she's like which one did you go to I'm like oh just the one on such and such and she's like the trinity shop I'm like yeah uh she's like oh wow how was that <laughs> you know I was like oh so it's a thing you know, so I mean, there's a lot of different people living there, you know. But sometimes they they really just don't meet, you know. And I, and I, and I, and I got to find that out a lot by I guess by where I was staying. And and I think Nick, I I I I, I get the vibe. I, I mean, we've never like spoken about it in great detail, but just from just from the the parts of the song that he wrote, uh, I get the feeling that it was similar for him. Um, but yeah, that, that's, to me, that's how the song came about, you know, just like walking around in them parts of Brooklyn and um, the lyrics just come, in, just come into my head. And, you know, Nick and I linked up with Shanique and, and everybody seemed to, you know, resonate the same way. I mean, we've never, we've never had a full conversation about it. Um, the music just came, you know, the lyrics came and we recorded the song
1: okay no that's it's really interesting hearing you say that and i mean i can't speak for the same experiences but having lived in london which is another big city like it does kind of have that feeling of like nobody really just goes up and talks to each other and, and that's
2: and that's a good reason why I, I want to get up the top first because it's funny because our experiences are so similar um with brooklyn um i'm very much the same you know like i i have even before I got to New York you know, I was already in love with New York and you know, everybody kind of loved the, 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 the anticipation of, you know, the big apple. And, and I remember the first time staying in Brooklyn, the second time staying in Brooklyn um, for about the same length of time as well. You know, I too love to just walk up and down. Like my, I stayed with my aunt as well. Um, and, you know, she was like, she was, she was amazed. She was, you know, kind of like, why would you just buy an unlimited metro? Like, you don't know where you're going. You don't know anywhere. I'm just like going all over the place, you know? Um, and there's so many different sides to Brooklyn, you know, like you go to, um, some parts of Brooklyn and it's, you know, it's artsy and it's coffee shops and it's hipsters and, and then you go to Brownsville, and, you know...
4: East New York. <laughs> it's,
2: mm-hmm. it's, it's two different places, you know, and, you know, the whole mix and gentrification that, you know, that people, you know, the way you think that you, you would want it to be or the way they think that, you know, they would want it to go, it doesn't really happen that way, you know. Um, it's It's not a kind of... All for one, one for all, kind of feeling, and that's you know, kind of what we were getting across in the you know, and it and it, it it I just that song I love it because you know that's how it came out in the writing, as Gavin said, like you know we each wrote a piece, um, and then the chorus, you know, kind of just wraps everything together kind of neatly, I think, because it it shows two very different sides, you know, and then you just combine it in, you know, in the middle. It's very, um, I really enjoy that. I like that process for that song and I really enjoyed that song. Apart from, you you know, being a part of it.
1: Yeah, it definitely gets the right kind of cynicism across. I mean, I don't know where specifically each of you guys grew up, but is that like, is that kind of opposite to the place that you grew up? Like is community and like kind of people just talking to each other, maybe something that's more normal where you guys, you know, grew up and where you live now?
4: Oh yeah, Jamaica everybody talks to talks yeah. to their one another the sometimes too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, is that is a very is a very friendly country. People just people just chat to each other.
0: Yeah.
1: You
4: know. That's yeah. this that's not that's no big deal. People just talk.
1: It's like that here in Dallas too. The American South is very, very chatty.
4: That's true, that's true. That's true.
1: Okay, so sticking with I guess like stories and lyrics and songs um this question is mainly for you Shanique I think also Nick as well so you know we talked about like how genre defying Eternal Children is as an album and lyrically and like vocally it is just as like all over the place as the production for example like I've said in my notes that there's like a mix of dance hall references, there's spoken word, there's rap, there's so many different like phonetic styles and everything so when you go into each song like do you have to kind of put yourself in a different frame of mind as you write or is it just like as you kind of like hear the music and just kind of feel the way that it's going that you know what you need to do with the song? Um, For me it's definitely the latter.
3: There isn't much preparation that's done
2: Before um, a song is done. Yeah, we force her in very um, awkward situations. A
3: whole lot. (laughs) I literally just have to fall into place. (laughs) Um, But when we hear the music, most songs are written just based on what the music evokes um, and what we feel. Like for me with recording, as Nick said, sometimes I'll get directive from Gavin or Nick as to the kind of vibe or energy that we want for a specific song, and I just make it happen, <laughs> really, literally. Like that's that's how it goes. I I don't think we're we're concerned. I I can't speak one hundred percent for Nick, but I am almost sure that it's quite similar. That we we're we don't like have to sit down and read certain books or or talk to ourselves to prepare, you know, to get into a certain mood to record on a certain song. It's really just, uh, we get in there, um, the instrumental is played, the vibe is there, and then we just record.
1: It's almost like when you hear it, it just kind of immerses you in, and you're like, okay, I kind of got that feeling. Uh, This is what we need for this song, you know, yeah. Yeah, and can I also say, you are like amazing at jumping from like style to style like move along for example is so like flowy and dance hall and then you go to like a song like good sandra where it's like this kind of wonky spoken word with like really bizarre lyrics and yeah you do both of them so incredibly well where
2: we're, bullies and shanik is a very pliable bully victim like she makes everything really easy um, in the in the final product for sure. And a lot of it is, you know, at the end of the day, um, the three, four, five of us even are very um, eclectic music listeners. Like, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no limit. I mean, if you were to have a catalog of our tastes and and on any given day you just you know shuffle at random you would you know you would i, I cannot think of us of our genre or span or type of of audio that you would not cover so i mean it's not very difficult for us to you know even if you want to look at it in the in the other way you know put ourselves in you know a different frame of mind because really and truly we we are kind of like that
1: that is so clear in your track record, too. Like, again, Nick and Gab, you started out producing dance hall hits and, like, recently you've done official remixes for, like, Tom York of Radiohead and Arcade Fire. You're so, like, beautifully all over the map, which it's something that I say all the time. I'm always drawn to artists that really either blend as many genres as they can or or that stretch the genre that they work in to its limits. I think that those are the people that we're going to be hearing from for a very long time.
0: Yeah,
4: for you. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Of course. No, that's why I was so curious. Like when I first heard you guys, I was like, this is really different. This is nothing like what I've heard before. So let me go and find this. Let me go and and learn about these guys. And with that in mind, like when I was listening to all three of your albums, some of the kind of like people I guess like the reference points that I came up with were people like Arca, Mouse on Mars, N.E.R.D. and what the kind of common point that they all have is that they have very like industrial style very like clangy quirky production and that's I mean that's kind of what you guys do what is it that draws you to these kind of textures in your music?
4: For me Kingston and and Falmouth and listening to a lot of songs that reference New York. You know, that's kind of that, that was kind of like my musical backdrop growing up. And I I think for us as Jamaican, you know, in a in a in a in a very general way, we, we we tend to get a lot of those sounds, you know. Um just by how the place looks, you know, I mean it was the place was basically designed by Spanish, taken over by English, maintained by them and you know, kind of bringing, you know, their type of architecture in, and then uh, there was a point where, like, Jamaicans basically didn't want to maintain that, you know, and and they came with their own with with, with their own construction. So, like, if you move around the place, it, you see these kind of fucked up looking buildings, you know, that that look like they could have been anywhere in 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 Barcelona or Lisbon or somewhere or London even. You know, and then you just see like this brand new building beside it. And I think like, you know, um, just having a backdrop like that, you get these kind of, you know, these kind of vibes from it, you know, but still in a very, in a different way than, I don't know, than a youth in London would get it, you know, just for maybe for simple things, you know, we, we still have the beach nearby and stuff like that, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a mix, you know, and I find that has definitely res- um, influenced me. Um in the earlier days and still know.
1: Okay. And what about Dave Kelly? Oh uh, that that
4: that <laughs> that was that was my that was my idol growing up, you know.
0: That,
4: that was my idol growing up, Dave Kelly. Um I saw yeah. him once, I'm 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 kinda upset that I saw him, you know, because he was kind of maintaining this thing where he didn't have any photographs. There, so, somebody put a video of him on YouTube recently, and I messaged them, and I'm like, "Yo, take that shit down, man. That's that's disrespect. I think this man doesn't want his face out there." Um, but anyway, I was at a I was at an event, and he happened to be there, and somebody pointed him out, and I was, and I felt very mad that they did that. I really didn't want to know how he looked. Um, but yeah, that's 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 family tree, you know, because he's from he's from the same community where I'm from. You know, he went to the same school that my dad went to, you know, so there's like a lot of like sentimental references when it comes on to Dave Kelly. Um, yeah, and I have a lot of love and respect for for his music and his, and you know, everything that, that he has done, you know, everything that he has touched from Penthouse to Madhouse, you know, Extra Large, you know, Platinum, you know, just, just all of the labels, Rude Boy, you know, everything that he's done is just, very close very close to my heart
1: i admit like i didn't know who he was just i think dance hall and the genres surrounding it in general we don't get a lot of it here in in the states and even in canada but i was like okay i want to find out who this guy is and i was so like blown away by his production and just all the kind of again it's so like weird in the best way possible i found the song slurp that was the one i was listening to
4: yeah, Yo, he's a slurp, yeah. slurp, uh, fuck it,
2: slurp, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's so weird, like, of all the things. It's the first one that came up, I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out, and yeah, no, it was, it was awesome.
4: Yeah, Dave, Dave, is a, Dave is a bad boy, straight.
1: Speaking of, I guess, textures in your own music, specifically in Eternal Children, for the three of you, what are some of your favorite rhythms, sounds, and textures on the album? Like, if you could pick one. You know what is ironic? What?
3: I think my favorite on the album is uh, Solomon is a Cop," And the, the weird thing about it is that when Gavin asked me to record that, I was like, hell no. Like, what is this? Why? Why? I don't want to record this. It's weird. I was like, this is really weird. Um, it's really, really weird. But of course, um, as Nick mentioned earlier, I do it anyways (laughs) because I believe in the vision of these guys, you know, and I'm deep down really weird and I think I just try to push it aside from time to time, but I am really weird. But listening back to the album, like I just love, I love how unique that song is. That song really stands out to me the most. It might not be the most palatable of all the songs, but in terms of a mixture of different textures and just exploring many different sounds coming together, I have to say that it's, that's my favorite.
1: Okay, see, I I think that it is like one of my favorite songs on the album. Like it completely sets the tone as the opening track. It's like strap in, this is about to get crazy.
2: I that's that's one of the reasons I love that track. One of my favorite, I mean, and if I, I guess I just have to pick one, but um, and it's very specific. It's Manchester, um, and I like the way the the, the the vocals are, you know, kind of layered over the that kind of filtery um, the the kick and bass that 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 happens throughout Manchester. Really love the production on that track, but that's one of my favorite. It makes me feel warm, like it gives me like this warm um, kind of shuddery feeling in my in my spine.
4: <laughs> yeah. For, for for me, it's good, Sandra. Why I don't know, but it's just that you know, that's that's my one.
1: It it's definitely like another one that really puts you in a certain kind of headspace, you know. Like it's so like strange and it throws you off. It's kind of like well. It's like being high, it's just you're like suddenly like I'm not in like a normal vibe right now, you know
4: yeah it's it's it definitely does that timeco made the music, and that he does this thing sometimes where he puts like two two conflicting tempos together, so he he had it at the studio, I was like,, All right, what the fuck is this now and and chemical was there. Chemical was there, and like Chemical was like, you know, turn that off, you know, like, like play, play something else, you know, because if you if you're not if you're not quite sure like like where to meet it, you know, you'll kind of get confused because it it, it it has like two two different timings going on in it, you know. And I was like, no, so I I I I, I, I was able to like block out one of the times, and and just listen to one time and. And you know this this kind of little chant came up, and you know chemical like got it right away, and then he just jumped on it but then how it how it all came together was just magic, you know like Shanique came like like right after that, and then she just came with that thing, and then you know it it just unfolded in a very special way, you know, but it's definitely one of them ones where you know this 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 often happens to us where we might play. We might play an instrumental for a vocalist and, and they'll just not know what to do with it, to, you know. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, that, that was one of the ones that <laughs> that, that survived that, that phase. But yeah, yeah I, I, I just really yeah. love it. Like, all of the tunes on the album are very special to me, but um, that one stays with me a lot.
1: You know, thinking of that, I think good Sandra... It sort of encapsulates, encapsulates one of my other favorite things about certain songs are ones that are just completely immersive and, like, force you to kind of shift into, like, whatever world they've created. Like, I, like, I don't d- smoke anything or whatever. I kind of rely on music to be the thing that sort of, like, allows me to kind of go into another space. And when a song is done really, really well, it can do that. And I think that Good Sandra is a really good example of that. Oh, oh, see,
4: see, thank you.
1: It's like if you just fully give yourself to the music. It's just like okay. Again, I can't quite find the exact right words for it, but you just kind of feel different once you just give in.
2: Amen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think this is the kind of note that I want to end on. But even as like Equinox has grown and changed and added members and you know done different projects over the years. What do you think is the the kind of key feature or ethos that has carried through the project from start to finish?
3: Well, I think some of the key things that really, that lay the foundation for um, group, gonna sound cheesy, but a shared passion and love for for music and, and by extension love for each other. It's that care because we all... We all listen to different genres. We all grew up in different, um, you know, with different backgrounds and and have gone through different experiences. Uh, But much of what keeps us, you know, together is our, our love for music and appreciation for the talent that each one of us brings to the table. And we've managed to use that to to fuel a lot of the work that we've put out and the support for each other. And I think that's, that's really major for me um, in this group. A lot of people who have been around us see that um, we, we argue like siblings. Um, we get on each other's last nerves all the time. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we're there for each other we help each other with each other's projects, and I think that's just because of the love that we share amongst us as a family.
2: That's interesting. Um, are you tearing up, Shan?
3: No, I'm not.
2: I was going to say something very similar. You know, um, we definitely—I think we all have a little bit of obsession where it comes to expressing our ideas and finding our really wanting to execute the things that we, you know, what we imagine. So, you know, when people get an idea like really hooked in their head, we all become like really obsessed with wanting to, to get it out. And we appreciate, you know, each other's, you know, that same obsession in each other. And so we'll, we'll do what we can to, you know, really help that Thing to, to be manifested, whatever it is.
1: Well, it's definitely felt throughout the music. It's such a, like, I think one of you guys at the beginning of this used the word patchwork, and it's it's very seamlessly stitched together with a lot of love.
2: The cover is fabric, so it literally is stitched together. The album cover is is actually fabric, is burlap, so that's that makes perfect sense.
1: Oh, did you guys, like, actually have someone stitch, like stitch that together and then photograph it or is it digital
2: no you're making me wish that we did stitch it that would have been that would have been cool
1: new idea eternal children is out everywhere you normally get your music also be sure to check out equinox's other albums remixes individual projects and more this podcast is hosted produced and mixed by myself sophia lopercaro and the artwork is by meg wilford